0: Everyone and welcome once again to another edition of the Cole's Brown Show. Watched, heard exclusively right here on the Black College Sports Network. Coming up on today's guest menu, October second, I will visit with Jim Klein Peter. He covers Southern University athletics for the Advocate. He'll join me, and we'll talk about Southern University and their football season so far. I'm going to really say this. The Jaguars is a very talented, talented football team. But I think they've been consistently inconsistent so far. I'll get more into what I mean by that. But Jim Klein, Peter, he joins me here in our number one. Then we're going to switch gears and talk to Southern University head men's basketball coach, Coach Sean Woods. We'll talk about the SWAC, of course, and the Pac-12 agreement. Also, Southern University's non-conference schedule, it's tough. But if you look at most of the schedules from the institutions that have put out their non-conference schedule, they're on the road and they're guaranteed games. I'll talk with Coach Woods about that. It's not about what I think. You know what I've told you about the excessive amount of games. But anyway, we'll talk with Coach Woods from Southern University head men's basketball coach. Then in hour number two, I'll be joined by both Brandon B.J. Jones of Inside uh, HBCU Football and Charles Edmond of the Alcorn State Radio Network. And then last but not least, the last guest of today's show will be Rod Walker of the New Orleans Advocate. I'll visit with him and, and get an update on the New Orleans Saints. And isn't it ironic that the New Orleans Saints ranked 31st in passing offense. And I have a theory, and I know theory is just that until proven, but I think Coach Payton, Mr. Excitement, Mr. Offensive Genius, I think he's just toned down the offense. Let James Winston just throw the football. You've got a quarterback that can throw the deep ball, the middle range passes, but that's just me. You may disagree, but 31st and passing in the NFL after three weeks, that's an abomination, but that's the guest menu coming up here on uh, today's Coles Brown show, again, exclusively right here on the Black College Sports Network. Let's jump right into uh, Southern University football. Last week, they played a Sunday game and they defeated Mississippi Valley State 38-25. to Now, I can tell you how I feel about the ball game, and that's what I'm going to do. Glad to get the win. 13-point win, but I thought Southern, once again, did not play a complete ball game. Now, I understand they had injuries, particularly on the defense, and offensively, I thought they played well. Make no mistake about it, but defensively, you still had missed tackles, gap integrity. They they were in positions a lot of times, out of positions, didn't make uh, the tackles. And did you see that Mississippi Valley State offense and those RPOs plays? They were gas from Southern University. And that has to be cleared up. Um, and I always talk to my close associates. And to get a feel of what they're feeling about this football game. I've had some of them say it; it they're disappointed, frustration, frustrated. Those are some of the words. This team has so much potential. And, and again, games are not one on potential, but it's on the field. You can't just look at the predictions and in the paper and, and think that that's good enough to get a victory. You got to get out on the field and earned it. But anyway, one of my closest soldiers basically said, it looks like Coach Odoms is still running the defense. And I know they've gone to a schematically 4-2-5 from a 3-3-4, but they they use kind of multiple defenses, but their base defense is a 4-2-5. In a nutshell, Southern defensively has to get more consistent. This team has been consistently inconsistent. Let's go back a little bit against Miles College. Kudos to Miles. They came in, they were prepared, well-coached. They put up over 400 yards of of total offense, and they were balanced. Over 220-something yards on the ground, 210-something passing the football. Then the next week, Southern University plays McNeese State. They hold McMeese State to 263 yards. A better opponent, they did much better. And then last week, against Mississippi Valley State, and we kind of look at some of the numbers, um, Net Yards rushing, they gave up 151 yards. They gave up 199 yards passing. So they gave up 350 yards total off of Mississippi Valley State on 66 plays. So, you see, they've been going up and down, up and down. You just want to see them consistently get it done. Linebacker play, they, they, Anderson went down, and he had some injuries last week. But to me, that's that's part of the game. And I know the big difference is the depth between the first unit and the second unit. Behind the is the secondary, they still kind of struggling. But now let's go, go to the positives. Glendon McDaniels, five TD passes, what, 18 of 26, a tremendous quarterback rating, and after the game, Coach Rollins states that going forward. Glendon, Bubba McDaniels is the starter. But what do you do with the talented skeleton? who, to me, and remember last week I gave the definition of a dual-threat quarterback is a quarterback that can do equally both. He can beat you throwing the football, and he can beat you with his athleticism. So I think it's the right move. And I'll tell you this. If we go back to the spring, before uh, McDaniels had that injury to his non-throwing hand, the depth chart that I got for the spring, he was number one. So is it Coach Rollins uh, feeling more comfortable with Ladarius Darius Skelton. And maybe I'm just grasping at the uh, straws here. The offensive coordinator, Gross, it seems like he likes McDaniels. But as a staff, they have to make a decision. And they're going forward with uh, McDaniels starting at quarterback. I think you will see with Darius Skelton and, and, and I've said it all along and others have said it. If you look at how the New Orleans Saints they have a design package for Taysom Hill. And he's a hybrid. He he's a, a running back, fullback, quarterback, tight end. Can you see a role simply for the Darius Skelton? Because Coach Ryan said he's too athletically gifted not to be on the field. So you're gonna see maybe both of them at, at the same time. It's like Kobe Dillon. Holly uh talented quarterback who went to Coach Ron and said, look, I I, I just need to get on the field. I'm willing to move to another position. And he moved to running back. And by the way, I thought he did outstanding. You can argue he was co-offensive player of the game with Glenn McDaniels. But he rushed for over 100 yards. He's strong, six foot, about 190, 195, and has speed. So are you frustrated because you have high expectations for Southern University. Again, I'm glad they got the win last week. 30 to 25, Mississippi Valley State. But you know, going forward, you're going to play tougher teams. Now, they're off this Saturday, and then they play at Texas Southern. So you want to see them getting improved in the areas of deficiencies ASAP. It's almost to me like If you're a teacher and you have a student and potentially you know they're a student, but they're just not getting it and for whatever reason. And that's how I look at the Southern University football team. And if you look at teams throughout the conference, everybody has their strengths. I understand that. And their deficiencies. Some, Some teams have quarterback problems. Some teams have offensive problems. Some teams have defensive problems. But I think the teams that are able to make the adjustments, push through injuries because that's part of the ga- part of the game. Make those adjustments. There's still a lot of football to be played. But Southern University has to continue to get it improved. and you basically win the week. You win next week. You win that week. Then you win the next week. And the competition gets gets tougher. And against the better teams, you're gonna have to have a great game plan, but you're also gonna have to be you're gonna have to be able to make adjustments. And sometimes you can't just wait to halftime to make adjustments. You can have the greatest game plan, but what happens if some adversity hit? Can you adjust quickly? So yeah, frustration, disappointment is what I'm hearing. And at the end of the day, will the interim tag be taken off of Coach Rollins? Will this team improve defensively? Will they be consistent overall? Will they play four quarters? Can they put a complete ball game together? That's some of the things that that you're looking at. And by the way, from a tight end standpoint, receiver standpoint, the talent is there. Bubba McDaniels, he can make all the throws. He can go through his progressions. So let's see going forward how it's going to play out for this Southern University uh, football team. Southern University gets their first conference win of, of the year, 38-25, to 25 over Mississippi Valley State. But defensively, they struggled in that ballgame, in my humble opinion. Going to take a timeout. The first one of today's show. When I come back, I'm scheduled a visit with Jim Kleinpeter. He covers Southern University athletics uh, for the advocate. Still have some more numbers to, to give to you, the, the important numbers as far as Southern University and Mississippi Valley State. Also, we'll take a look inside the conference today. The game schedule, the game of the week, in my opinion, is Fam You hosting. Alabama State, Alabama AM is on the road against Grambling State University. And boy, the uh, fan base in Grambling, Louisiana, they are not happy. And you're hearing all kinds of rumors, stuff behind the scenes about this is the next important couple of weeks for Grambling State uh, University. And then we'll also um, recap last week's Ball game. Did you see Arkansas Pine Bluff in Prairie View? Prairie View is off to an outstanding start. All the, the meat of their schedule is for Southern Alcorn State is coming up, and right now they're in the driver's seat. And University of Arkansas Pine Bluff, they felt disrespect. They were the Western Division champs, but don't look now. They're zero and two in conference. That's pretty much a nail in the coffin. But, well, I'll get my guests' opinions, and perspective on all of this. Take our first time out. You're watching the Coles Brown Show on the Black College Sports Network. I shall return. Mm
1: and parenting education coaching. To get involved with programs, volunteer, or donate, visit www.empowermentresourcesinc.org. Follow us on social media, facebook.com forward slash empowerment.resources and instagram.com forward slash empowermentJAX. When times get dark, we can't see the help that's all around us. Let 211 be your guiding light for mental health and other resources. Call 211 or visit 211.org. Support the Black College Sports Network so we can continue to provide you coverage. Go to slash support and be a part of the Black College Sports Network. Tell everybody they can follow their dreams. Have you had your Earth Blend coffee today? At Earthblend Coffee, we take pride in offering you the very best of beans across the world, blended and roasted to perfection, giving you superior quality and satisfying and flavorful taste. Experience the world in one cup with Earthblend Coffee. Uh, a gentleman wanted to do the Black College Sports Network in partnership with the HBCUs.
0: Welcome back to this week's edition of the Carlos Brown Show here on the Black College Sports Network, uh waiting the arrival of Jim Klein, Peter, but uh in a backup role. And look, a backup role is not bad. That's an important position, is A. D. Drew here on the Black College Sports Network. Uh A D, good morning to you. How you been?
2: I'm fine. And uh I guess Southern has seen how important a backup quarterback is uh last week. So uh and a lot of our HBCU teams are seeing how important a backup quarterback is in a two-quarterback system. So I will gladly be the backup quarterback today, my brother.
0: Well, and, and like I said, it's an important position. And, and when Jim uh, joins joins us, or able to join us, then uh, we'll, we'll just uh, bring him on. AD, I, I'm looking at some of the comments, and, and I'd like to hear from everyone. Um, let me read a couple of them. Thanks, Johnny. Morning, Big brother. Just want to see consistency and a complete game. That's kind of what I uh, hinted on as well. Uh, Wildmer says FMU tuning in. Good morning, sir. I think hey, FMU. Uh, that, that, that that's
2: Florida my guy, Boreal? Will. That's my guy, Will from down there at uh, Florida Memorial. Uh, bumped into him uh, game gang- week zero. Of the season, a uh, big time fan of uh, BC, all the BCSN products that we uh, put out there.
0: I appreciate him tuning in. Ralph says the most frustrating part is the defense. There we go. And Ralph also says, but is this defense equipped to run a 4-2-5 right now? And you know what, uh, AD, my best friend in the world, I'm going to give him a shout out, Michael Elam. He talked about that uh, last night. And we talked about that. And I always trust his football knowledge on uh everything. But you know, four two five, that's their new base. And I, I'm sure it's some growing uh, growing pains, but that that is a good question. Will they have to make some adjustment? Uh you remember when I had Coach Aaron and he talked about, you know, don't get caught up in in, in the schematics of it. But the bottom line is uh guys in and and, and and AD. I just want to see improvement on Southern University's defense. I mean, yeah. tackling has been an issue. Tackling in space, and and they got some big games coming up.
2: Yeah, and, and, and everybody needs to understand what the four-two-five premise of the four-two-five is. Though, obviously, you've got your traditional four-down lineman who is supposed mm-hmm. to be able to get there and put pressure on the quarterback you've got the you've got the fifth defensive back replacing a linebacker basically his job is to take care of that slot receiver that everybody runs with that spread offense and the two linebackers are responsible for the backs coming out of the field depending on the type of quarterback you have one of them may be assigned to spy on the quarterback so that's the premise of it and we we see it more often now Just to combat the scheme of the spread offense, which is get the guys, get the defense to defend us horizontally and vertically at the same time. What you're starting to see also on the FBS level, and it's going to trickle down to the FCS level, are some 3-3-5s and some 3-2-6s. And when you talk about the three three five and the three two six, those defenses are meant for more bend, don't break, keep everything in front of you, because that's that's going to keep you from as we like to say twenty to twenty, and, and keep the play in front of you when the when the back catches the ball or the receiver catches the ball on the slant. Hey, you've got that extra defensive back right there to make the tackle that you wouldn't have in some of those traditional defenses. So you're going to see that. And what is, what is slowly forcing people to do is all those athletes, we moved over to the offensive side of the ball within the last 10 years. Now we're going to have to move some of those athletes back over to the defensive side of the ball, especially when you're talking about putting six defensive backs on the field on a consistent basis. So if you got six defensive backs on the field, how many A-level defensive backs are you going to have to have on your on your depth chart now?
0: Versus in the past, you know,
2: everybody has focused on what we talk about on defense, that front seven. Who has the best front seven out there? Now you you almost have to shift your thought and who's got the best back five or the best back six for. For your defense. You don't know, you don't hear everybody talk about the secondary in the traditional sense of two corners, free safety, strong safety. No, that nickel back, that whatever whatever you want to call that cornerback that takes that inside receiver. And are they really a cornerback if they're inside? That's a that's a different thing for a technical term. But you know, what what do we call that person? But whatever you call that person. That person is probably the most important person because what are the, what do these teams f- tend to put their best playmaker in space? They tend to put them at that slot uh, receiver position now.
0: Well, a lot of teams use that rover. This is what, what, what the term that they use, and and that guy to to me is usually better in run support, but he has to also be able to cover. Now let me go back to now, the but that run
2: support person that used to be the strong.
0: Yeah, but you know, some some teams now, and I've heard some coaches talk about it, you know, you had a designated cornerback and a safety, but now a lot of coaches are uh, recruiting defensive backs that are that could cover and and their safeties. So it, it you know it's a two pronged situation yeah. there. But let me go back to the linebackers and, and and I really believe linebackers, I mean they they support their help in the run support, right? But they also have to uh, be instrumental in and in, in pass coverage. So you in the four-two-five four down linemen, two linebackers. Those two linebackers have to be hella And and if you look at specifically at Southern, Anderson is a is a is a is a grad student. Derek Williams is a freshman. Now they have some other linebackers playing, but I think that's really where they're going to need to concentrate in the recruiting process, bringing in linebackers. And then will Southern University kind of stick to the 4-2-5? Because it's very popular right now. But the question was, do they have the personnel right now to be able to run that? Would it be better to go to, well, you say a 4-3, but then you need three linebackers. So that's something the coach is going to have to figure out going forward, AD, what – they're going to do. And, and speaking of defenses, what do we talk about? Purview, great offense, but it seems like they've improved a little bit defensively. Alabama A and no shot at Tuskegee, right? Gave up thirty five points to Tuskegee, and I heard you guys talking about this is not one of the uh, better Tuskegee's football teams unless they have improved since week one. But but, but but
2: while we're on that, Tuskegee has improved since week one. I mean, think about right. it. Shut out in week one, seven points in week two, 20 – it was either 21 or 23 in week three, 35 in, in week four. So, offensively, they are starting to get it together. The defense has never been a question with Tuskegee. What it's, you're it's, saying. it's being can, can they get it going offense? I mean, you talk about a team that had four yards rushing in the first game to a team that ran the ball two weeks ago against Eber Waters fifty times for over two hundred yards. So a change of philosophy, uh you know, a, a, as they say, gut check, gut check time for that offensive line to get to get their act together. You know, four yards four yards rushing is, you know, it almost looks like Kentucky State trying to pass the ball, you know, <laughs> except, except Tuskegee was trying to run the ball at, at that point in time. So, yeah, and I was on the Tuskegee radio broadcast for that game. And one thing I, I pointed out during that broadcast is when Tuskegee was down 17-0 in the first quarter. I told him, I was like, Golden Tiger fans, do not panic. Alabama AM has a propensity for letting these games stay close and letting a team that should not be in the game back in the game. And that's exactly what happened with Tuskegee being down at one point in time. I believe the score was 31-28 in the mid-third quarter. So Tuskegee had a chance. Alabama A&M, you know they're going to get off to that fast start. But Alabama A&M has had such a tough time closing over since 2019. If you look at their seven wins in 2019, five of those seven wins in 2019 were about one score or less. And when I say one score or less, I'm saying eight points, a touchdown, and a two-point conversion in the game. So and it did not matter whether this was, quote, unquote, better competition or lesser, lesser competition uh of the of the five victories excuse me the four victories on the field in the spring three of them were by one possession or less <laughs> and this victory against Tuskegee was the first one that they got outside of that eight points or less barely getting outside of that with the 10 points uh what what we're going to do right here carlos we're going we're going to uh transition we're going to let Jim in. Jim is waiting for us, and you and I will hopefully have an opportunity to pick up on this conversation a little bit later. Well,
0: well, well, well let me say this. So, to me, quick, I'll be quick. Alabama and them, great offensively, but even now, defensively, they still their defense is still suspect. You will get that point in to me. And their they, run
2: game is non-existent on a consistent basis. You can't get up things. three Scores When you get up three scores, that's when you need your run game because now it's time for the offense to shorten the game and to, and to take possessions away from the team trying to come back. But when you have a third-down efficiency, Alabama A&M does not get to third-down often. But the third-down efficiency right. is horrible. So when you're passing the ball on third down, guess what? The clock stops if that pass is incomplete, correct? which means. You're punting the ball, well, when you think about it, those two th- th- that clock stopping in the middle of the second quarter may not seem significant, but don't it adds up, and that's that two minute drive at the end of the game that the team needs, where the Alabama a m defense finally has to step up and make a play, and thank God they've been able to make that play in that last two minutes of the game thus far this year
0: it's going to be very interesting in a couple of weeks jackson state who to me defensively number one defense in the conference against alabama and yeah well we'll take a quick time out we're going to push things back we're going to uh are, are we taking the time out and then we're going to uh, bring in jim klein peter no, we can go ahead
2: and transition straight to him
0: okay okay well we won't take a break there, there there's jim klein peter jim good morning good morning Oh well, we've well, we got you here. We'll just make an adjustment here. See, you gotta make adjustments, Jim.
3: Uh, I roll with the punches all day long. I I
0: I I understand. Um, we were talking in our number one and kind of just get your perspective on everything. You see the team up close. I said that Southern fans seem to be the ones I've talked to. Been kind of frustrated. Here's why. Um, We don't look at the Troy State game. That is what it is. But Miles College, Southern didn't have a complete four quarters. Then McNeese defensively, they did better. Miles had 400 yards of offense. But then in the second half, Southern's offense kind of didn't get the job done well because of McNeese's adjustment. And then last week, uh, I read your article and I pulled it up. You talked about injuries on the defensive side, but yet and still defensively, they gave up more yards to Mississippi Valley State than they did to McNeese, albeit I know they had some injuries in some key spots. Is it fair to say, Jim, that everyone in the comments that I've gotten so far on the show today, it's just that our Southern fans want to see a complete ball game, offense and defense special teams playing well. Is that a, a a realistic goal for the fans to, to have for this football team? Sure, but, um, I mean,
3: these games don't happen in a vacuum. Um, when you have um, – and, and if you go back and look at the Valley game, uh, Valley had 118 yards at halftime, which is – that's a pretty good defensive effort. Right. Uh, then the Southern players started dropping after that. It's like when you're missing Ray Anderson – for the whole game, and then you lose a couple of safeties, uh, you know, two of your best tackling safeties, you know, that that your defense starts to have holes in it. You lo- they lost a defensive tackle, uh, a, a starting defensive tackle, and, and then Glenn Brown was only playing a few snaps. And the thing was, um, the other thing was that uh, Valley had switched quarterbacks hadn't shown anything. Uh, they were a drop-back passing team, and suddenly they got this dual-threat quarterback there. And with all the missing personnel and the fact that uh, the guy was a dual threat, it was, um, yeah, I, I mean, just be happy that they won the game and, and don't, um, you know, don't, don't split too many hairs on it. And if, you know, the, with the, with the uh, week off now they've got a chance to get some of those guys healthy. I don't know that, that they're all going to be back, but uh, you know, you gotta you gotta look at what uh, how the game transpired. You can't just judge every game the same uh, on its own merits because there's so many variables every week that, that are different.
0: In other words, Jim, you you're telling us to kind of step back, calm down a bit.
3: Yeah, I, I would say so. Uh, you know, give the guy. I mean, this is his first. Uh, this is Jason Rollins' first season. Um, he's learning, you know, as he goes, uh, but you know, when you, when you, when your best players are hurt, it's just, there's an, you know, and coaches will never make that excuse. They don't like to make that excuse. They want their backups to be able to uh, play with the same effectiveness as, um, the starters, but that's just, that's not realistic. I mean, if you lose your top two quarterbacks and you have to go to your third string guy, I mean, you don't expect the offense to, you know, to, to, to put up 500 yards. So, um, You know, they won the game because they have enough good players that they can make up for losses in certain places, uh, in multiple losses. And um, I think Southern fans should appreciate that. Uh, You know, they won by two scores, and they could have – I mean, they didn't lose the game. So uh, that's why coaches say it's hard to win a game regardless of what the perception
0: is. I guess I, and then, too, if, if this scenario plays out when you get into the meat of the schedule, then, of course, it may be a different outcome. No disrespect to Mississippi Valley State, but uh, this this Southern football team, hopefully, Jim, they'll be able to have that complete game, at least going forward, because they, they, they're getting ready to get into the meat of the schedule, you know. Yeah, I think the schedule worked out really good for them, though. They played four
3: games, had an open date. They got the two worst teams in the SWAC first up, uh, two worst program. I don't think there's any doubt about that. Uh, so that gives them enough time to uh, – b- before – and then and then the uh, – the meat of the schedule starts in, at, at Pine Bluff, and then they got four in a row at home. So I don't think you can complain too much about the schedule. And yeah, they have the if they have these kind of uh, uh, injury losses against Fam uh, or uh, uh, Alcorn, <laughs> yeah, it's going to be hard to win those games. That's why you know you, you, Jaguar fans should uh, count their uh, you know count their lucky stars that uh, this happened against Valley and. You know, may, and you know, other teams have injuries too. So that's why the coaches don't like to make excuse about injuries. Everybody gets people hurt, but they had a, they had an unusually uh, large number uh, in that game. And the harder you play, uh, I mean, the the more likely uh, the injuries are to come. If you're playing fast, that, that's that's when the high speed collisions happen, and that's where that's what happens. That's how you get injuries.
4: So. Interesting.
0: Part of the game, visiting with Jim Klein, Peter. He covers Southern University Athletics uh, for the advocate. The other big story coming out of that game, and it's going to be interesting, Jim, going forward. Coach Rollins has said that Bubba McDaniel will be the starting quarterback. Then you look at uh, Ladarius Skelton. I don't know if he's 100% or not, but then the quote was, and I'll paraphrase, is that – He's too talented to not have on the field. So, do we look at a uh, Taysom Hill type of package uh, for for Darius Skelton? And I'm still he'll still have some snaps at quarterback, but will we see him it, it, playing multiple positions?
3: Yeah, I I think that's um, that's a possibility. Uh, it's not it's easier said than done. You know you you don't want to start creating things right in the middle of the season. Um, you know. Uh, changing your offense or anything like that. But Southern wants to throw the ball and is the best quarterback for that. Um, if Ladarius get, there may be a team that they uh, go against that where they are going to want to work a package in for him. Somebody that's susceptible to a running quarterback or uh, a defense that, um, you know, when you attack a team with an option, Uh, defenses hate uh, coaches hate preparing for it because it's you got to teach your players a whole new uh, scheme you've got to teach them you know playing assignment football is way more important uh, because if you miss an assignment especially if Ladarius is running the option you know he can be gone so that's a weapon that they and 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 a lot of times they uh, just Show it, you know. They may never use it, but it's just there. And teams are going to have to prepare for both quarterbacks. Like, uh, and that's what um, uh, Vincent Dancy from uh, Mississippi Valley said. We had we had to prepare for both of their guys. And as long as you as long as you have both of those guys on your team, uh, you're going to prepare for both. And that makes the other team spend uh, extra time preparing for maybe something they they won't see, and that helps you. And Jim,
0: quarterback play i mean it's the nature of the position most people you know you get a lot of conversation about which quarterback should start who's the better i've already got some comments and one person said basically yeah glenn mcdaniel is the starter for these one games against miles and mississippi valley state what happens when he gets uh, to tougher competition, but I, I think it's it's just not surely on McDaniel's. But the the game plan that the coaching states, uh, coaches have for for the team going forward that is Southern University. But um, Jim, I thought McDaniel's had an outstanding game. Five touchdown passes, no interception. What was his quarterback rating? One fifties? Way up there.
3: Yeah, I, I can't remember, but. How can you complain about that? You know, regard you—it's hard to do that against air in practice. You know, five touchdown passes. You know, there's nothing wrong. It doesn't matter if it's Valley, um, and it's better that he—he's building up his confidence now. Than it, I mean, if he—he he didn't play against Alcorn Saturday, so that's good. It gives him a, a, a chance to work up to it. Um, you know, I think the real test. And I don't, I don't want to, uh, I don't want to put down Texas Southern, but it'll be, it, it, he'll have a test there. I mean, they're going to prepare for him. They're they're probably going to be a little more prepared for him than Valley was. Um, but the big test will come in, at at Pine Bluff. Um, you know, they'll be on the road. Uh, Bubba hasn't started, uh, and really, last Saturday was not a road game. Bubba hasn't really started a road game on a on a home team on a team's home field, so that'll be a huge test. And if he passes that one, I don't see any reason why, why fans should uh, should question his uh, his presence in the lineup.
0: Well, one fan's opinion. I, I my opinion, McDaniel's did well, and I, I think he gives them the best chance going forward as the complete package you know, throwing, making all of his reads, the right passes. And he has some athleticism, maybe, but he's a person that's going to stay in the pocket. He's a different type quarterback. So I understand that. I'm visiting with uh, Jim Klein, Peter. He covers Southern University athletics for the advocate. One more point I want to cover, and it's the young people getting it done with Southern football. Luke Jackson, special teams, and then Griffin, Now, going to be trying to punter. I tell you one thing, he has a strong leg on his kickoffs. You know, that, going through the end zone most of the time.
3: Yeah, something like 10 touchbacks out of 21. And he's only had, um, and and the ones that aren't touchbacks, a lot of times are just being fair caught. So he's only had like six kickoffs returned. Of course, one went back all the way. Uh, That's not his fault, though. Um, But that is a weapon. Uh, a lot of teams don't have a guy that can put the ball in the end zone um, with that much consistency and uh, forcing teams to start on their 25. So, yeah, that, that's a, he's been a real find. He was a real good get, uh, and I think that was uh, Dawson odom got him, uh, one of the last things he did before he left. So uh, the, the special teams, is it's going to take some work. Now, he, he is going to be their punter now. That's going to be an interesting <laughs> – Uh, uh, for the next couple of weeks, at least, he's going to be the punter. He's a freshman. He's never punted. And, you know, getting a punt off is all about getting it off uh, on time before the rush can get there. And it's a lot easier to do that in high school than in his college. They get, get on you quicker. So um, they're trying to get him ready in practice by giving him a, a, a live rush and then we'll see what happens when the, you know, Texas uh, Southern special teams players are coming at him,
0: So Well, last but not least, we've kind of talked about it going forward. Southern University, high expectations, coming up to some some tough teams, Texas Southern. You've got Arkansas Pine Bluff, Prairie View A&M, and then that, that tough back end. Jim, where you see this team? I, do they have the possibility to still achieve their goals?
3: Yeah, I, I think so. It's this is one of the more experienced teams in the SWAC. Um, they've got depth at every position. Um, they've got multiple uh, skill position guys. They, they they they've got lots of weapons. They don't have to you know they got a lot of wide receiver it looks like they got a lot of running backs when the running back room gets healthy um so i, I don't and they got a good offensive line their offensive and defensive lines are the anchor of most uh, those are the two positions that you want to anchor a good team you know if you're really strong that's where you're strong and they definitely are strong there and they've thus far avoided a, a lot of injuries uh Cameron Peterson had an ankle injury, uh, uh, but um, if he's back, then uh, they should continue through the season being strong at the two most important positions.
0: Well, we will continue to follow the Southern Jaguars football team. High expectation. Fans are frustrated. Jim says, just step back a bit. The benchmarks and the goals are still in place. But you know what, Jim? I love Southern fans. Apathy does not set in for them. They expect championships every year. And, and you know what? I don't blame them. Well, anyway. you know what?
3: If Southern goes through this thing and wins the SWAC, nobody's going to remember um, a bad performance in the second half against McNeese or a bad performance in the second half against Valley. Okay? So they're going to forget all that. I mean, think about all the national championship seasons. Can you remember the bad times? No. <laughs> they won the title. So, You know, just uh, yeah, let it let the season unfold, and um, I think Southern will be right there. You know, throughout
0: the season, they'll be a player throughout the season. That note, Jim.
1: Appreciate
0: your perspective on things. Uh, I look forward to talking with you again real soon. I know we'll talk real soon. But uh, enjoy the rest. Enjoy the rest of your weekend and and uh, the off schedule for Southern University. Okay. Thank you. All right. That was Jim Klein, PD cover of Southern University Athletics for The Advocate. Going to take a quick time out. When I come back, let's see if I can talk with Coach Sean Woods. Uh, A little bit behind here, but um, if we can, we'll we'll visit with Coach Sean Woods next, head men's basketball coach at Southern University. You're watching the Coles Brown Show on the Black College
5: Sports Network. For 200 years, Montgomery, Alabama has been making history by people who had the courage to stand up for change. Today, this riverfront city has been reborn, embracing the past and looking forward to the future. From the National Memorial for Peace and Justice to the stage of the Alabama Shakespeare Festival, this is where history was and is made. We are proud to call Montgomery home and together we can be the change.
0: as well as the upcoming week of HBCU Sports with me, the Dean, the College of HBCU Sports on Dr. Cavill's Inside HBCU Sports Lab with Mike Watch and Charles Bishop. Course lecture dismissed.
1: could be ran here my jbn.com backslash
0: support my jbn.com backslash support for more information welcome back to this week's edition of the coles brown show right here on the black college sports uh network we're trying to get in touch with uh, coach sean woods maybe he's busy with practice because officially both the men's and women's basketball teams started uh, practice uh, this past Monday. But let me give you a few more numbers on uh, Southern University 38 to 25 victory over Mississippi Valley State. Um, the official stats that I have in front of me, uh, we'll just say Bubba McDaniel, uh, 16 of 26 for 234 yards, five TDs, no interceptions. Uh, Kobe Dillon, 12 attempts for 100 yards. Uh, this is from the individual standpoint and leading the way. And I, I'm not sure about this stat. I think Ethan, Jamar Washington, I thought was seven receptions for 90 yards. Ethan Howard, four for 57. But you get you get the, the bulk of it. Uh, Southern University was able to get things done offensively. Uh, leading the way defensive tackles. Uh, Cameron Peterson, who you said, Jim Clampeter, who went down with, with an injury. Uh, six tackles. Tamara Smith with five. Um, let me do this because uh, I, I really appreciate it. we've got more comments that have uh, come in. Gerald said, we are frustrated also. Now looking for improvement. Now we're in the meat of our schedule. Jack says Bubba McDaniel has beaten Miles and Mississippi Valley State. Not McNeese State or Troy. No, that was Skelton that got the start in, in, in those two ball games, albeit McDaniels came in um in the McNeese State game. But if we if, if you're a pitcher, you pitch the bulk of the innings, you get the loss. That's Skelton. Um he says the jury is still out on him until he plays a complete game against a top level swack opponent. Well, that's coming. That's coming, Jack, but just my opinion, my humble opinion, I think defensive, it's tougher to scheme against McDaniel. You can make all of the throws, and with an offensive line that's done well with protection, I think it's just easier to scheme against Skelton. Terrific athlete, but he's limited offensively in throwing the football. Now we're gonna visit with Charles Etman, who is I think the ambassador for Skelton. And I'm just I'm just gonna lose it if he comes on and says one more time. Well, I think he gives you the best chance to win. No, I disagree with that. <laughs> and I'm, I'm, I'm gonna warn him now. If he comes on talking about that. I'm gonna blow my stack. Okay, I I I I digress. And I think Charles <laughs> comments. Um, Ralph says the four-two-five defense in a Ronald style defense, Ole McNeese, has two strong safeties who are hybrids. Guys who are lightweight linebackers that can cover. Does Southern University have those? But I think again, that's for the staff to figure it out from the personnel standpoint. 4 Appreciate, it. keep the comments uh coming in. I got 1053. And uh, well, since he's there, let, 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 let's put him on. He's gonna join Brandon BJ Jones, and, and I've got AD Drew uh joining me also as well. Good morning, Charles. Unmute that mic. Oh, he, he he's he's still in skeleton mode. Well, we'll 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 come back to you charge. Your, your mic. I here. got you.
5: Can you can you hear me now?
0: Yes, I can hear you, and I know you heard what I said. I, I did can, hear what you said. You cannot defend Skelton anymore, based on and Jim Peter made a good point. No matter who you're playing, five TDs, no interceptions, command of the offense. Do you agree or disagree? It's Easier, in my opinion, to scheme
5: for scouts. No, I'm going to disagree with that. i will push back on that when you oh, have a. There you
0: threat,
5: go. We're going to fight I, the
0: next time I see you.
5: Yeah.
0: <laughs> uh, you got the reach on me, but
5: I, I'm I'm just I'm just telling you it. And I, I I go back to what three years ago when Southern came to All Corn and 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 Dawson Odoms played McDaniel and yeah. He, the one thing I like about Skelton, his his ability to be able to run the football. You got to count for him, and yes, he makes some mistakes. Yes, he makes some bad throws. Yes, he makes some bad decisions. But you look at the athleticism and all that other stuff that Skelton brings. That McDaniel, I just I haven't seen that. So my my point is that with McDaniel, and i I'll, I'll get a good look at him. Um, you know we we play him in a few weeks. I think McDaniel's a sitting duck back there. I think if the Braves bring pressure and bring heat, McDaniel is a sitting duck. Whereas with Skelton, you have to account for him, you have to scheme for him. And that's just that's just the way I see it. Now, unless McDaniel can 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 do some things with his legs and create more plays and extend plays, then yeah, then he's a threat. He can definitely push the ball down the field. There's no question about that. But I think, to me, I mean, based on three or four poor decisions that Skelton has made when he's played Allcorn, I think Skelton worries me more so than McDaniel. Wow, Ad, I, 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 I just can't
0: believe I, I just can't believe what I just Charles. It, is it, and, and I hey, think that, I that, hear from all Allcorn fans, <laughs> Ad. I think Allcorn fans love Skelton because of the success they've had. Yeah, I mean, and I almost think about accusing Charles of that. No, no. Charles
2: just tried to put Alcorn in the best position to win by giving a Skelton all those accolades. Go, go, let me me see if I caught all that uh, correct. Yes, Skelton's going to make some mistakes. Yes, Skelton's going to make some bad throws. Yes. Yes, Skelton is a good runner, but but it's not the not the best passer of the two. What well, doggone, Charles? That sounds like you're putting you you're putting Allcorn in the best position to win. Put the worst of the better of the of the two quarterbacks on the field so that the Braves can win. That's what it just sounds like you just said to me.
5: No, no, I, I've seen enough of Skelton and I've seen some of McDaniel, and when I took what. Three years ago, Skelton started, he struggled, he brought McDaniels in, he struggled, and then and then Skelton came back in the game. And a couple of drives, he let him right down the field. And so when you look at it, if he had played uh, Skelton a couple more series, we might have lost that game because of what Skelton did. But I understand why you want to go with you want to go with the hot hand. And at the time, McDaniel did have the hot hand, but the Braves got to him. So the one thing I'm saying is that you can't have it all. So do you, would you rather have a dual threat in which a guy you have to count for in the backfield, like a running quarterback like Skelton, or you want to sit and duck back there like, like McDaniel? Because the Braves are going to bring pressure. Teams are going to bring pressure on McDaniel. Now can the offensive line hold up is the question. And I think the Braves just have a very positive matchup with Southern when it comes to the trenches. So I, I'm still – I'm sticking with my guns until I see otherwise – until the numbers dictate to me otherwise, I still feel like, in just my opinion, from Lawman, Mississippi, that I think with Darius Skelton still gives Southern the best opportunity. In my opinion, I have not changed my opinion, and until I see otherwise, I'm gonna stick by my opinion on that.
2: I think Charles has been getting out into some of those woods in Lawman, Mississippi, and getting into some of the uh, some of those steals
0: <laughs> out back. <Not> a- <laughs> Now, well, Brother Charles. I, I, yeah, I, but I, I, I'm not going to budge either, so we both going to be stubborn <laughs> on this because <laughs> Charles is based on what he's seen against Alcorn. I've seen Skelton in certain situations. Where, and let me just say this. Gifted, gifted athletically. No doubt about it. I think he can help this team as in a Taysom Hill-type package. He really can. But I want to see what you guys think about. I define a dual-threat quarterback. That is the popular style of quarterback, right, who runs RPL. Dual threat. Dual means two, both. A threat doing uh, throwing the football and using your athleticism. So with that definition that I put forward, Skelton basically does one thing well and doesn't do well in the other. He's limited throwing it, so a dual threat quarterback, isn't it? And you can agree or disagree. A dual threat, isn't that a per, a quarterback that can do both equally? A- yeah. and and Charles. Yeah, you you want a quarterback who can do,
2: who who can who has the ability to do both? It scares the crap out of the defense. Let, let, let's just be let's just be real about it. You know, there was another quarterback, Charles, and. If, you, if, if I change the name, you just describe how this quarterback was in college. And his name was Tim Tebow. Yeah, he could bring you back on that miraculous victory, but when you look at what he did on the field, he did not do all those great things throwing the ball. He was a good runner and did all those other things, but does that success translate into consistent victories? Well, yes, for the University of Florida that year, It did, but you're talking about a different level of play in the SWAC, where where we've got all all these great athletes and great coaches who will scheme Southern out of the game. And when when you sit back and look at it, Southern has a great opportunity to own the SWAC West this year. I mean, they've got... They've got Texas Southern next week. Yes, it's conceivably a trap game, looking ahead to the UAPB game. They get past Texas Southern. You're coming in looking at it potentially on October 23rd, facing an 0-2 UAPB team, 0-3 UAPB team within the SWAC. UAPB may just say the heck with this season. So Southern making the right moves now. Has an opportunity to go and submit and put themselves in a great spot. Excuse me, I said October twenty third. October twenty third is the Prairie View game. Southern has an opportunity to put themselves in a great position where who to thunk it back in July, where Prairie View Southern could be the game that determines the front runner in the West.
5: Oh. Um, I, when you talk about dual threat, yes, the true dual threat, because Skelton uses his legs well, yes. You know, we talk about Lamar Jackson, right? We've seen what he can do. Lamar Jackson is terrific with his legs, not exactly a, a great passer. And I think you can make kind of the same assessment about a Skelton, but McDaniel has got a, a cannon of an arm, can, can, can stretch the ball and push the ball down the field. But when you bring pressure, if that offensive line doesn't hold up, can McDaniel extend plays? And what I've seen, just and I'm just basing this on the all-corn Southern games. We'll get a good look at it down the road. You know, we, we play you guys a Halloween weekend, I believe, so I'll get a chance to look at it. Um, I just, based on what I'm seeing right now, I haven't seen enough from McDaniel to make to say, hey, he's the guy. Right now, he's got the hot hand. So clearly, you want to go with the guy that has the hot hand. But do I think that things will change? Yes. As teams put more pressure on that line? Yes. And I think at some point, you're going to go back to skeleton, maybe for a few plays to try to get some energy in that offense if it gets stale. I I just haven't seen enough to come off the skeleton clip as of right now. I, and, yeah, I will say Southern schedule is favorable. I will say Southern schedule is favorable. You got Texas Southern coming up. You got Alcorn coming up at home. Yes, that Prairie View Southern game looks to be one of the more attractive games right now because Prairie View is playing lights out. Who would have thought that? You know, I did back in ago. July. Yeah, I mean, I didn't. I, I mean, I, they.
2: I, I said Prairie View <laughs> was a quarterback away from contending in yeah. in the West. And who would have known somebody – Ironically, by the name of Pass would be passing all over the place for the yeah. Prairie View Panthers.
5: Well, you know, and a, their after, much improved as
0: well. Yeah, now I'll say P- Prairie View's defense has improved, but hold the brakes a little bit. Wait till they get in their meat of the schedule Boy, we get excited <laughs> after a great performance. I'm looking for consistency. I right? defensively, they're going to have to still prove. That they will continue to improve, and again, let's wait till they get into the uh, the, the, the 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 meat of the schedule. And um, Charles McDaniels is not a statue; he has some athletic ability. He he just likes to do what a traditional quarterback does, and that is stay in the pocket and go through his progressions. And I will say this: you mentioned protection a couple of times right now, and, I, and if I look up the stats, I can do it. I don't think Southern's giving up that many sacks. The old line is a strength. So they have all the ingredients. It's like a hurricane. They've got all the moisture. They've got the warm temperatures to be very explosive offensive. But at the end of the day, we'll see. Time time will tell. But I understand it. That's all right. Um, some will say I'm anti-skeleton. No, I'm more Pro-Southern getting it done. And we know you, Charles, you are pro, 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 pro skeleton. The, 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 the jewelry is out. People are are watching this and they can tell. Charles is laughing.
5: Yeah. I mean, hey, I'm I'm just basing on what based on what I've seen in the Bayou Classics and the all southern games so skeleton scares scares me he scares the heck out of me we've seen some positive runs we've seen him extend plays with his feet yes he's made some bad decisions yes but when you have that kind of threat you have to respect it and that's Skelton has my respect in terms of the athleticism and if we can't get to him when we come down there on halloween weekend he's going to be a nightmare for us on halloween weekend and that's that's not what we want We'll see what happens. I mean, McDaniel very well has athleticism as well. But can we make the case that he's not as athletic as Skelton?
2: Ladarius Skelton, at quarterback, will be a true trick or treat for Southern. Either he will play lights out or lights on, as they say, and and give the ball to those Braves and make those Braves look like the team that some of us think they can be.
0: I, I can't take that chance. Now, Charles says he scares the heck out of me, but it scares the heck out of me for another reason. <laughs> ball, ball security, inconsistency. Yeah. But when he's on. Perfect example. And then we'll we'll move on from this. McNeese stayed. The first half, it was like, oh, my goodness. In in, the, in fall camp, all of the accounts I I, I got were, boy, much improved. I've said it. Much improved, making all the throws. But one of the coaches on the staff said, don't give me credit so far. Because guess what? Let's see when you play against somebody in a different jersey. Because in fall camp, the defense knows what the offense is doing. Offense knows what the do uh, the defense is doing. But back to that McNeese game, you're up 21-10, and then the second half. You go down and score points or get a touchdown. That's a nail in the coffin. You're up 28 to, to, to 10 if you score. You throw that interception, and it just sucked all of the, the momentum right out. And McNeese goes down and scores. Then McNeese, let's give credit. They made adjustments. And here's what I believe going forward. And by the way, Charles, tell Alcorn prepare for both in the lineup at the same time. <laughs> right out, right yeah. now. um. They said, we're going to take away what Southern wants to do. And that's running the football. They're built to run it. And we will say this. We'll live. If Skeleton beat us throwing the ball, making the right reads, the right decision, having ball security, we'll live with that. But to me, it's risk and reward with Skeleton. I rest my case on that. So now I know I'm going to
5: get an email, and hate mail that I'm anti skelton well, well, the one thing you said is absolutely true, that we're going to have to prepare for both. Skeleton is one of those hybrid athletes that you can put them all over the field. And so, yes, we're going to have to prepare for him, whether he's lined up in the slot, whether he's at quarterback, uh, third and one, you know, you need a tough yard, he can get that. So, yes, we're going to have to prepare for both. There's no doubt about that. That note, boy, the comments are pouring in, but we need to take a break. We
0: need to add another person to the discussion, the football analyst for the Coles Brown show, Brandon B.J. Jones. And some smarty pants has already emailed me and said, wait a minute, franchise, you said give him a, you're ready to give him a three-year contract. That is Coach Rollins right off the bat. How do you feel about that now, Carlos? Well, we better go to a break. I don't know. Maybe I need to step back on it. But uh, we'll see. We'll see. We'll take the time out. You're watching the Carlos Brown Show on the Black College Sports Network.
5: It's never too early to plant the seed, to share the tradition, and instill a sense of pride in your HBCU with your little ones. HBCU Pride and Joy Children's Boutique helps you share your school spirit with a wide selection of adorable kids' apparel and accessories officially licensed from your favorite HBCU. Visit HBCUPrideJoy.com and follow us on all social media at HBCU Pride Joy on Facebook and Twitter. This
1: is Ryan Holford. A.D., Drew, and I are co-hosts of the BCSN Sports Wrap. We talk about all things related to HBCU athletics. From the games, teams, coaches, and fan interest stories, we cover it all. You can find our shows on Facebook at BCSN Sports Wrap, YouTube at MyJBN Online, and everywhere you listen to podcasts, like Anchor, Spotify, Google, and Apple Podcasts. You can also find the show on the Jericho Broadcast Networks app. Make sure to download. We look forward to you joining the conversation and being a part of the show. Sugar Chateau Desserts is a specialty bakery located in the Charlotte, North Carolina metro area. We will create delicious and one-of-a-kind treats for any occasion. Sugar Chateau is currently shipping Cakes in a Jar, offering a variety of different flavors in a single-serve container that can help you celebrate in accordance with social distancing. Place your orders today by calling 803-526-7895 or visiting SugarChateauDesserts.com.
5: Let's get back to strolling instead of scrolling. Before we can safely come together, we need the facts on COVID-19 vaccines. Visit GetVaccineAnswers.org so you can make an informed decision for yourself and for your family.
0: Gotta have thick skin. Welcome back to this week's edition of the Coles Brown Show right here on the Black College Sports Network. I'm now joined by B.J. Jones, also Charles Edmund, as we'll <coughs> talk some Southwest Athletic Conference football, past week's games, this week's game. But, B.J., you're going to step right into the hurricane today. Um, I, I've been going back and forth, and, and I appreciate the fans, Charles, who still thinks, um, boy, Ladarius Darius Skelton gives – Southern the best chance to win. I disagree and I disagree with some of these comments, but I love the the, the people to death. With that being said, um Bubba McDaniels, Coach Ryan says now will be the starter going forth, and he has a right to change his mind, BJ. But um I believe it gives them the best chance to be successful. And you were one of the guys that told me as well about Bubba McDaniels in the spring before that injury. Number one on the depth chart, but uh, your thoughts and perspective, BJ.
4: Um, uh, yeah, I mean, Bubba was a kid, um, highly touted uh, coming out of the state of Alabama uh, down in Dothan. Um, he was a kid that was lighting it up. Um, that really was, he he, he got headlines. He, he did some things. Was pleasantly surprised when I found out that we were, <clears throat> the Southern was in on him. Um. Uh, I just knew that he would be a Troy guy. That would that seemed to be the lean. That seemed to be the school that he favored. Uh and lo and behold, he, he gets there. And remember twenty seventeen, he was thrown into the fire as a true freshman. Um, you know, once uh, Austin Howard was hurt, didn't didn't play the best, had some things to transpire in his personal life, uh, losing his father uh back in twenty nineteen. And and twenty nineteen is where he really seemed to take off um after the unfortunate passing of his father. Uh, he's a baller. Uh, he can do a lot of things. He knows where to put the ball. He throws a, what do you call a pretty pass, some people, what people calls it, but he knows where he's efficient. Uh, that's one thing about him. He's very efficient. Naderis uh, Kelton, he's done some, some, some good things, some, some great things for Southern University. Um, I, I've seen him make some passes. You're like, wow. Um, I think moving forward, I think you actually see both of them. I think that Ladera Skelton is a little bit too talent, talented just to sit on the bench. I think that you'll see him in the multitude uh different facets of the game uh, offensively for for Southern University. Um and and I think that you'll see uh Bubba McDaniel uh rowing the boat uh from the quarterback position, but I I would not be shocked to see eight uh often in different positions and even that quarterback moving
0: forward. In other words, The Taysom Hill package that the New Orleans Saints uh, puts forth for Taysom Hill, I could kind of envision, guys, a similar package for Ladarius Skelton. Agree? Disagree?
4: Yeah, I mean, but uh, the reason why I I wouldn't just package him, because if you package him, you kind of know what's coming. Um, You you put him in the quarterback, people are going to load up for the run um, I think you you got to play him a little bit. You know, it might be a, a series here or there. Uh, and I think when he comes in, I think he's going to have the ability. People are going to load up and stop the run. He's going to have the, the ability uh, to beat them with his arm. Uh, so it, it's going to be interesting moving forward
0: to kind of see what happens offensively. Uh, so. what it, wait a minute, BJ. I'm, I'm thinking along the lines of uh, McDaniels at quarterback and, and, and Skelton as a running back, or receiver, or even in the slot, yeah. tight end, you're not, you're not feeling that.
4: Yeah, I, I think you'll probably see, you know, Skelton maybe in the slot, maybe in the backfield, uh, maybe taking some snaps at quarterback as well. I think there's no limit well, yeah, to where no. you can, yeah, where you can line them up at. Yeah, I
0: agree. Okay. Well, I just kind of want to get your opinion, Charles. I'm not gonna get your opinion on it. <laughs> you've, already, you've already stated come hell or high water it's it's Skelton and he gives southern
5: the best chance to to well, well, win let, well well let me ask bj a question so you, you okay. you've heard my thoughts on this and you you kind of know what what my thoughts i think Skelton gives Southern a, a great opportunity and i'm basing it i'm biased based on what what Southern and Alcorn, their matchups, and what he's done. Am I, am I off base on that? I see Carlos shaking his head. Am, am I off base on, on my analysis of it? Am I just leaning too much the wrong way or the other way?
4: No, I think that, you know, what, you, what you're saying can have some uh, merit. I think that one thing about uh, McDaniel, remember we saw McDaniel in that 2019 regular season contest uh at Allcorn, The the one knock on McDaniel has been has hey when the the big game uh comes around, i.e. Alcorn 2019, and the lights are bright, you don't get the same uh bubble McDaniel. And usually in that particular space, that's where Ladarius Skelton, that's where he thrives. Um uh, so I, I, I think that yeah, yeah, I think you have a legitimate argument. I, and, and for that reason, I said Maybe you have to go back to 2019 Florida AM, where you actually use both. Uh, where you actually use both of them. Uh, so, yeah, I, I, I agree with you there. I agree with you.
0: I now, think you uh, know the, the,
4: the, the, the I game I, with see, David I see
0: you. Yeah. On. Yeah. But, but well, wait a minute. I, I, I don't want to spend too much more, more time because we got to get to some other things. Um, But I look, and, and again, against teams of equal talent, on the up echelon, and I understand what both of you are saying, five losses I count for Skelton at quarterback. And we don't put it all on him because it's a team effort, right, BJ? It's yeah, a team yeah, effort. Two losses to McNeese. Two losses, wait a minute, two losses to all corners at three. Two championships and in the regular season. So, of the and other than that, great record, just five, five losses in as quarterback, but it's been against the team, the upper echelon teams. And for I know some people say, well, we'll see. McDaniels has to do it against the top teams. Well, Skelton hasn't doesn't have a great record against the top teams either. Give McDaniels a chance. Okay, I rest my case. any any, <laughs> any feedback, follow-up?
4: No, I think nope. you know we'll we'll see what happens. You know, we'll see how this thing all plays out. Yeah,
0: somebody says Reverend. Oh, has Skelton beat all corn? Nope. But we're not putting it all on Skelton. It's it's been a – man, that 2019 game, BJ. I mean, I I had to take several drinks. I'm gonna just be honest. Because <laughs> Southern had all corn. They were running the ball. By the way, someone asked. When with will Corey Williams and Sims, I think Sims is on target to, to play against Texas Southern. I guess B.J. will be a conditioning factor because he's been out with an injury and Corey, uh, hopefully he's returning soon on a broken finger. But yeah, you, uh, I guess when you're out with the injury, how much does conditioning play? It does, especially if you have one of those extremely,
4: uh injuries where you're not able to condition, uh, you know, that's always, you know, one of the worst things about it. Guys get back. They're healthy, but they have what we call no win. Uh, so that's why you see guys get slowly worked back into the lineup. Um, it's just because you have to get that, that conditioning back, and that's something that you're missing uh, while you're healing.
0: Well, Obi Dillon did well in, 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 uh, against Mississippi Valley State, and here, here's a guy to say, look, I just need to be on the field, Coach. I'm willing to uh, make the move, sacrifice, but to get on, on the field. And that has proved to be an excellent move. So we'll see going forward how that plays out. All right, guys, let's look in the conference. We'll start um, from Thursday night. Arkansas Pine Bluff and Prairie View. VJ, Prairie View is playing well. Let's give them kudos. Arkansas Pine Bluff really was saying we're getting disrespected. You know we're the Western Division champs in the spring, but lo and behold, what's going on? They're what they're zero and two in conference play, correct? Yeah, yeah, zero oh,
4: and two in conference play, uh, one and three overall. Um, i would even argue in their one win against Lane, they didn't actually look, they didn't look spectacular um, by any stretch. And, and that particular ball game, I think with Arkansas Pine Bluff, you know, we talked about the pieces that they're missing. But he, even the pieces that are back, Scott Perry is not having the best year throwing the football. Um, you saw him get sat down on Thursday night. Um, he's been very in- inconsistent. Um uh, d- defensively, uh, you know, they've they've lost the step. Uh it, it it doesn't look like the same Arkansas Pine Bluff uh, football team that we saw uh from the spring. And and uh we we'll see what happens, you know, you know, up there moving forward. But now you're in the 0-2 hole before you get to the month of October, and you need for a lot of stuff to go right, and nothing can go wrong for you to get back in the hunt.
0: with oh, purview, better than advertised. We, we've always talked about them offensively being a jogger now. Pass can pass the ball. And defensively, in two – well, we'll just say this season, it seems like they've in, improved. Are we ready to say that they – maybe uh, closer to being in the driver's seat, or do we need to just hold
5: on a little bit on that? What I've seen from Prairie View so far has been impressive on the defensive side of the football. We know that Dooley's teams can score as many points as they need to score, but you got to get off the field at some point. You got to get stops. And I think Prairie View defensively is just getting a few more stops than what we kind of expected. So this is a... You know, based on what I saw Thursday night, I think you've got to add, you know, UAP. Uh, you got to add, pro sorry, preview into the conversation and to what BJ said about the, the standings and the way things are looking. I look at it this way. There are teams that are mathematically still alive, but realistically, they're not. So you look at teams like Bethune-Cookman with two losses. Mathematically, yeah, you can move the pieces around to get them where they need to be, but realistically, not the case. Same thing with UAPB. You know, mathematically, you can figure it out to where they can get, you know, they can repeat. But realistically, probably not. So, you know, you can, you can put it right there. You know, UAPB is probably not going to get there. So it's now what Doc Hamill has to do, is figure out how to get his team back on track and play respectable and not give up on this thing. because It's a long season compared to the spring. But right now, I think Prairie View, at this point in time, they're a team that you've got to watch out for. They're a team that you, you've got to give respect to. You know they can score points if they can get off the field one or two more times. I think that Prairie View will be right there in that conversation when it's all said and done. I, I know
2: you've I was off camera, there. fellas, but I I, I I had to come in and comment on something Charles just said. You said Prairie View has to play defense and show they can't win just outscoring people. Alabama AM has been doing it for the last two uh, two seasons. So why can't Prairie View do that?
5: Well, it, it can catch up. I mean, I, I agree with that. And but AM's been doing that for so long. And at some point it does catch up with you. But I think right now, I I think Prairie if I had to line up Alabama AM's defense versus Prairie's defense, I would give a little bit of a nod to Prairie defense. Because for two years, I haven't seen AM's defense get off the field at all. You know they're, they're winning 42 to 41, 48 to 47, and I've said it on this show and other platforms. It's just to me as great as it looks, it's not sustainable. At some point, you're going to have an off day offensively, or your defense just can't get it done. So I I, I would give a little bit of a nod to Prairie View's defense right now. I mean that's going to change week you know week to week. A&M's got Grambling today. We'll see what happens there. But I, I see a little bit of improvement in Prairie View's defense, and I think right now, in my opinion, I think Prairie View's defense is a little bit better now than Alabama A&M.
0: Yeah, I have to agree with that. Right now, I mean, things can change, but I, I put it this way: I do, I do see improvement in, in Prairie View A&M's defense. But again, I will also make note that they're going against; they've had success against Grambling State but they struggled against Jackson State, which, correct me if I'm wrong, they don't play, and they struggled against Alcorn and Southern University. So those two games are coming up. They win win those games, or even if they split those two games, they, they, they have a shot mathematically. Yeah, I think
4: with Prairie View, we talk about Prairie View defensively. I think if you go back and look at the defensive statistics, you would be amazed where Prairie View defense actually lines up. If you look at them stati- statistically, uh, they were actually one of the best defenses in the in the conference in 2019. I think defensively, um, I think that they are significantly better than Alabama a A&L. and Alabama a A&L, and they got Jason Dumas up front. Jason Dumas may be uh, the best defensive lineman in, in the Southwestern Atlantic Conference, and he's doing this at 5'11", about 230, 235. Uh, kids unblockable. Um, they, they got great linebacker play. Uh, secondary is going uh, to be hit and hit and miss. Uh, but that front seven for Prairie View, uh, they look great. Uh, I, I like the way that they're playing. We'll see. I think Prairie View is going to have a couple of football games coming up. Uh, you mentioned Southern. You mentioned you mentioned um, Alcorn. Uh, so they're going to
0: have some ball games coming up. I think Prairie View right now is sitting pretty. I would agree with that. Uh, visiting with Charles Edmond of the All Course State Radio Network and Brandon BJ Jones of Inside HBCU Football Saturday, September 25th. Rice over Texas Southern 48 to 34. Uh, Texas Southern and unveiled a uh freshman quarterback who, once again, when you, you get a good performance, everybody gets excited. And um, Texas Southern scores 34 points, but guess what? Rice is not really good, not really good. But give kudos to Texas Southern. a and over Graham the State at the time, 24 to 10. Another win in the State Fair Classic. Alabama a and over Tuskegee by 10. I, I kind of was shocked by that, but I think BJ said it was going to kind of go that way. Tuskegee was going to score some point. Alabama State over Bethune-Cookman, 38 to 24. Boy, Bethune-Cookman, another team that felt disrespected in the in the preseason polls. No wins in conference play. And then Jackson State over Delta State, 24 to 17. Of course, Sunday, September 26th, it was Southern over Mississippi Valley State. Guys, what do you think about this statement? All of the hype before the, the season, I've said the play hasn't really lived up to the hype so far. And I say that only because every team in the conference has something that they do well. The strong points, but every team in this conference has something to work on. As much as we talk about Jackson State and that tremendous defense, and it is BJ offensively. You had a stat last week at the time: one point nine yards rushing. Shadur Sanders, lucky he's athletic. O line needs improvement. So there are things Southern defensively, albeit some injuries. They have to improve defensively on the back end linebacker play and Southern has to put together a complete ball game. All to me now. And I know, I know the all fans will send me uh, email. I don't think they're as good for whatever reason as 2018 or 2019. So I think it's improvement across the board that needs to happen. Uh, you think I'm way off base and, and you can tell me if I am. I, I won't go in the corner and pout like somebody <laughs> else.
4: <laughs> uh, man, I think that um, – I think he kind of hit the nail on that. And I think Southern um, d- defensively has not been good. Um, and we're, we're talking about linebacker play. I don't think the secondary has been particularly good either. Um, I think Southern – Southern got an interception on last week. But you can count on one hand how many uh, contended, uh, you know, passes contended these de- defensive backs come up with. It seems like when the receivers catch the ball against Southern, they're wide open. Um, so I think that that's something, uh, to you know, to work on uh, for Southern. Uh, I think for Alcorn, I, I, I think their issue was the offensive line. Uh, and protecting Felix Harper. They did better in the second half against Arkansas Bluff. Uh We'll need to see that, um, you know, kind of improve there. Jackson State, their offensive line, uh, especially against the run, not good. They've gone from 1.9 yards per carry to 1.7. They were actually worse last week uh, to drop that average a little bit. Uh, talk about offense, offensive line, grambling states. Offensive line, nothing to write home about. Uh, They can't run it, nor can they protect the passer. Uh, So it's rough. I think everyone has uh, holes in their game uh, that that you'll see that you hope as we get ready for this stretch run going into the month of October uh, that you improve on. Uh, Because Southern wasn't the Southern uh, at this point in 2019 that they were the end of the year. Neither was Alcorn. Uh, I remember Alcorn had just came off that scare against Prairie View A&M, and people were going, oh, my goodness, they lost. Uh, they lost Noah, and now they got this Phoenix Harper kid. Uh, I always remind people, a season is a living, breathing thing. Teams will evolve, teams will grow, uh, and and the teams that we see now won't be the teams that we'll see
0: in in three, four weeks from now. On that point,
5: a a good point. I'm hoping for improvement across the board. Yep, absolutely, and 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 to to Alcorn's point, the one you talk about things we got to work on. We got to work on special teams. You know, we 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 gave up a 65-yard kickoff return against UAPB. We had a punt block for a touchdown, giving up big returns. We got to improve on special teams if if we're gonna get anywhere, because that's gonna get exposed, you know, big time. And when we play Southern, you know, somehow, some way, special teams is gonna play a factor. Teams are gonna look at that. Um, you talk about our offensive line. We're without our starting center, uh, Milburn. So we've been without. We've been using our backup center for the last few weeks. So hopefully he'll be ready to go uh, next week against Grambling. But you know, you, you, you talk about Jackson State. When was the last time Jackson State had a productive running game? And I've said this, you know, going back to Tillman and those other guys. It's been a decade since Jackson State's been able to run the football to me. And I think that's their biggest problem. And again, you know, they're having issues with that. You know, this this year, you know, for JSU, I'm not surprised. I mean, you know, you got Sanders, you're, you're trying to work in a couple of quarterbacks. You, coaches are still new. This whole system is still new. I wasn't expecting a whole lot offensively to growing pains. So I think you're you're seeing that there for Jackson State. The defense is terrific, but you got to be able to score some points. And Jackson State has definitely struggled with that. But every team has some holes to fill. Every team has some issues. It's still early. As A.D. Drew said on the podcast, relax. It's still early for some. For others, it's too late. But for most of us, it's still it's still a work in progress. And speaking of a work in progress, uh, of course, uh, Thursday
0: night, we've talked about that, Arkansas Pine Bluff at uh, Prairie View. But the, today's schedule looks like this. But then Cookman, maybe they can get guys some uh, success going against their – Old Miak partner in South Carolina State. That's twelve thirty p.m. North American. Wow! At Texas Ooh. Southern two p.m. on at t Sports Net. Can one say that um, Texas Southern will get a win officially in the uh, books? But wow! North American. Un- unbelievable. Never heard of
4: them. Tell me, guys.
0: <laughs> I, 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 are we sure
4: that? Are we sure that that game is going to actually count? Uh, I saw North American actually play someone else and when I looked it up, it actually had exhibition. Uh,
0: oh, wow. And, and so it may not even oh, count yeah. is what you're saying. Yeah. <laughs> Unbelievable. Uh, Alabama A&M at Grambling State 2 p.m. ESPN Plus and North Carolina Central at Mississippi Valley State. That's an interesting game. 3 p.m. Uh, quickly, Alabama State at FAMU to me, I consider that the game of the week in, in in the conference. Um get your thoughts on on the schedule. We got about uh, two or three minutes left. Uh, I think the biggest thing we I think we were shocked the way that Alabama State were able,
4: was able to handle bethune Cook, but a week ago, um, I, I think that they may have hit their stride. It's gonna be very important for Florida A and M to not turn the ball over. Uh, limit the mistakes uh to beat alabama state if they don't they're going to be in a dog fight and if you're in a dog fight with alabama state anything can happen
5: uh, for florida and it's desperation time a little bit they got one loss it's a big rivalry but family and bama state's pretty nice little rivalry that no one's talking about two schools four hours away uh, I'm, I'm learning that as we speak about that rivalry. It's a huge game for FAMU. They need that win to stay alive. Two losses probably is not going to get them there. Um, you know, Grambling, they've got a tough challenge. They've got a loss. If they lose another one, you can scratch them off the list as well. So there are going to be some teams playing for their lives today.
0: Speaking of playing for lives, Alabama and them at, at Grambling State, the phenom freshman scheduled to start for Grambling State. Uh, B.J., as the losses mount, one win on the season, will we be looking at breaking news at Grambling State University? Man, who knows? Um, I've I've heard
4: Grambling people. I know that they're upset. Uh, I wouldn't bet against it, um, but I know that Fobbs is one of their own. uh, Play for Coach Rob, you know, we'll see. I just don't see this season because of where their deficiency are offensively. Crabble's defense can play with anybody, um, and that defense gives them a chance. That offense, and it all starts up front. I know that they're excited about Noah Biden come in. It's not going to matter. It's not going to matter. Um, we, we'll see. I do think they have the ability to play Alabama and them close tonight. Um, I, I do think that, you know, with that offense, that Alabama a- A&M defense, is exactly what the, what the doctor ordered. Um, so we'll see what happens today. Um, I, can I listen to later, later on today? Because I think if they lose today, I think we'll start to hear uh, a, a vocal fan base uh, up in northern Louisiana.
0: So Particularly if it's a, if it's a, a route and, and A&M uh, traditionally starts out fast. If they're out to a quick start and it gets ugly, I think the whispers will start becoming much louder.
5: Well, I got a—I can share this. I got a text a few weeks ago stating that these this three-game stretch started with Preview, Alabama A&M, and Allcorn. If Gremlin stumbles in those three games, uh, look out. And I think Boden should have started weeks ago. I've, I've been counting his name for four months now. I think you know he's the number one quarterback in the city of New York. He's been sitting on the bench too long. Give them a shot. Let's see. It's going to be tough because I don't think Gramlin can score enough points unless their defense can really stand out, which they can, but they haven't because their offense has struggled. I think it's going to be a lopsided game. I hate to say that being a Gramlin night, but, you know, who, who knows? A&M might not have their A game, and Gramlin might find some offense. Who knows? But I don't see that happening.
0: We'll, we'll definitely see about 5 p.m. or shortly after. We'll see. Maybe – a miracle on grass will help happen, not a miracle on ice. But, um, yeah, I, I think Alabama and them will, will will get the victory. Well, guys, I appreciate you joining me on today's show. Uh, it was fun uh, dialoguing with you guys. We'll, we'll do it again next week. Y'all be safe. Continue to be blessed. And uh, we'll talk again next week. All
5: right. All right. Carl, Thank you, Pablo.
0: All right, that was Charles Emmett of the All Alcorn State Radio Network and Brandon B.J. Jones of Inside HBCU Football. We'll take the time out. In the waiting room is Rod Walker. He covers the Saints for the New Orleans Advocate. The last time I talked to him, a lot of um, questions about Winston. Drew Brees, now retired. Saints are two and one. They entertain the Giants for their first home game at home. Brock Walker will set the mood for the New Orleans Saints. Take a quick time out. You're watching the Carlos Brown show on the Black College Sports Network. I'll be right back. Um,
1: can
5: I get the now bar, please? One dollar. Have
0: a good one. Got it. Hey, what's
1: going on? Hey. Hey, Let me get a now bar. Sure. One dollar. Appreciate. Yeah. Let's get back to getting ticks instead of watching flicks. Before we can safely get out there, we need the facts on COVID nineteen vaccines. Visit GetVaccineAnswers.org so you can make an informed decision for yourself and for your crew. It's the show where we take you inside the game before the game begins. It's, it's, it's the, the, the pre With your home Charles
2: Bishop and Neely! So get ready because we pregame game harder than the other show's party. It's the pre-game!
1: Shop Melvit Online Women's Boutique to spice up your closet with trendy, unique looks. We have fashionable and chic looks at very affordable prices. Melvit Boutique offers free shipping all year long on all orders. Shop online at www.melvitboutique.com. That's www.m-e-l-v-e-t-b-o-u-t-i-q-u-e.com. Like us on Facebook and follow us on Instagram. Shop Melvin' Online Women's Boutique. Follow the Black College Sports Network on social media at MyBCSN1, the number one. On Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at MyBCSN1.
0: I see my Miami Heat fans. Welcome back to this week's <laughs> edition of the Coles Brown Show right here on the Black College Sports Network. I was trying to talk to Rod a little bit about my Miami Heat, but for time purposes, we won't get into that. Welcome again, Rod, uh, to, to the Coles Brown Show. Yeah, I appreciate you, man, as always. Uh, Rod, you, you've been on the road quite a bit, right? Um, is it good to be back home and and watch the the Saints entertain their first home game against the Giants.
6: Yeah, it's been a been a crazy uh, month of September. You know, you just you know you go back to the hurricane, and I went to Houston and evacuated there, and then I went to Dallas. You know, the Saints were practicing in Dallas, and then to Jacksonville, then to Carolina. So it's been, you know, it's been a hectic few days. Glad to be back home. And I think they're glad on. to be back home too. <laughs>
0: Right, because you talk about, heck, the, the Saints are, are two and one. Since the last time we talked, I, I was shocked that they came out and just, just took care of Green Bay, about, about a huge score. Then the next week, uh, coaches tested positive for COVID, and uh, Carolina, uh, that was a game, you know, coaches out seemed like communicate just seemed like the timing was off and then going to, to New England uh, last Sunday and the Saints were able to, to take care of business. Um, talk to me about the Saints defensively, what they've been able to do in, in, in two out of three games.
6: I think, you know, the the biggest key between those, the, the two wins and the one loss. I mean, you, you, you had Marshawn and you had, uh, you know, Chauncey Gardner-Johnson, they were out in the Carolina game and, you know, they're not as good without, those two guys and you know this is a defense that when they're healthy they're gonna be they're really good and we still don't have david on out there so when when he's playing they're gonna be even you know even better and um you know Quan alexander you know he's out for for a little while so but when this defense is healthy they can be really good and i think one of the biggest surprises on this defense has been paulson adebo the rookie who has um He stepped right in. I mean, he was a guy who I was, you know, in camp, I was like a little concerned about him. I mean, he showed flashes, but you just, you know, you don't really trust a rookie who sat out last season. He didn't even play last season at at Stanford. He hadn't played since 2019. So, I mean, I was a little concerned about him. And he's stepped in and been really good. And, you know, that's a credit to the Saints, um, the people who do all the scouting for them to get these rookies that can come in and make an impact like that.
0: A pleasant surprise. And also – I saw in game one, um, Mr. Roach, I call him that. Um, wasn't drafted from Baton Rouge, Louisiana. Uh, went to school with his dad. And he's a year older than me, but man, able to come in and, 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 and play. Now, offensively, I, I saw a stat, and you, you help me with this. You, you know, I like to dig in and start a little controversy whenever I can. <laughs> the Saints... 31st in passing, is it to me that Mr. Offensive Genius, to me it seems like, seems like Sean Payton have dialed down the, the, the offensive play call. And it seems like they, they want to run the ball, but it just seems like they're not taking chances with, 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 with Winston. Am I off base or I'm reaching for straws or do, or is it that I don't have a damn clue what I'm talking
6: about? <laughs> I don't think you're off base. I don't know if it's really Sean dialing back, but I, what I really think it is, I think it's a combination of the offensive line issues that, you know, you start having right away when, when you lose Eric McCoy and now Teron. I don't think these receivers are, you know, as good as, what well, we've seen because Michael Thomas is it there. And I think it's just a combination of all that. And then James trying to get on the same page with those guys. And it's going, it's going to take some time because Drew Brees took some time when he first got here. I mean, he didn't just, you know, run out the gate, you know, putting up those big numbers. But I also think Sean, and this is what makes him a little different for most people is he, he doesn't really worry about the team's identity of, okay, this is who we're going to be. Sean just worries about what can we do to win this game and get to next week. So, and he said it this week. You know, it, it's not going to always be pretty. He's just going to find a way to win. And you know, you saw that drive they put together last week against New England at the end. They just pounded the rock and uh, and sealed the game with that that win. And so, I, I don't think, uh, yeah, Sean, I just I don't think he cares about that. He looks at the opponent and tries to figure out, you know, what can we do to beat them. And and that's just what we've seen so far. And you know, I don't know what um, Sunday's game against the Giants will be like, what the game plan will be, but. Um, mm-hmm. I just think he's going to do what he has to do to, to win and get to the next
0: week. Well, that really great answer. That really makes sense because, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm throwing out this theory. It looks like, you know, I guess I, I, I panicked when I saw 31st and, and passing offense, it's something to last. And, but then the way you laid it out, you know, the reasoning behind the offensive line play injuries, the, 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 the receivers, I guess I'm spoiled with the Saints yeah. always being able to throw, throw the, throw the football. And then too, I know being balanced is also a great thing. But it seems like the Saints are relying more on the defense and also of uh, uh, their running game to, I guess, take some of the pressure off. You know, throwing the football till they get all the parts back together.
6: Yeah, because I know Allen he, re- he ran the ball like twenty four times last week, which is a career high for him. He's never ran it that many times. I think he ended up touching it. 27, 28 times, which are, those are really high numbers for him. And he's, you know, he's a guy that, you know, we always wanted if he could be that kind of back and, you know, it, it worked last week and Alvin said that he wasn't, he said it didn't affect him by, you know, he wasn't sore the next day or anything thing like that. So, um, yeah, I just think this team is going to find ways to win. I think that's a luxury of of having a player like Kamara. I mean, you can, you can count on him and, you know, in times like this. And I do think there are going to be some times when, The Saints are going to fall behind, and they're going to need James to throw the ball, and, you know, we're going to to see then. (laughs) We'll we'll know more now because, I mean, you look at the Green Bay win was very impressive. I don't think New England was a – they weren't – I mean, they had a rookie quarterback. I didn't really like their chances of beating the Saints anyway. Um, Carolina's defense, probably a little better than we thought, but the Saints did go through a lot of adversity that week, like you mentioned. So, um, we'll see a little bit more about this team, maybe not against the Giants and – Probably not even next week against Washington, but you know after that bye week, schedule really picks up and you got you know the Buccaneers. Um, so I mean the schedule's gonna pick up and we'll we'll find out more about the same.
0: visiting this Rod Walker <laughs> of the uh, Times, picking you New Orleans uh, advocate. So if we set the scene for tomorrow against a giant team that's you know had some misfortunes and bad luck, whatever you want to call it, is it? a point where maybe the Saints being home for the first time, we're not looking at a trap game, are, are, are we, uh, Rod? It, it, this is an opportunity for the Saints to, to kind of work on some things. And on paper, they're, they're heavily favored. But is there an opportunity or chance that this could be a trap game for the Saints? You know, if you would asked
6: me that, like, Thursday, I probably would have said no because, you know, we talked to some of the players and they're like, no, nah, they're not looking past an opponent." We talked to Chauncey Gardner yesterday and, you know, he was like, um, what was his quote? He said, uh, he feels sorry for the boys is what he said. That was his exact word. So I don't he's know if that not means. Huh? Right. He's not, he's bad. not bashful. Right, right. Bashful. Yeah. And I do think, um, you know, sometimes I think you, you look at, okay, we're coming back home. The fans are here. So I think there's that, a part of the, even the fans probably think, okay, this should be an easy win, but I mean, the Giants have, you know, they've been competitive, but if the Saints come in and set the tone early, I mean, they could put the Giants away, but this is one of the games where you don't want to let the other team hang around because they hang around and, you know, they've they've lost two games at the end. I mean, this is a team that, you know, eventually <laughs> the luck's going to even out and you might win one. So the Saints really need to come in here, I think, and make a statement earlier. The crowd needs to get into it um, and, you know, just, just make that statement and get ready for the next week. You know, it's funny, I look at the. I always look on SeatGeek just to see how many tickets are available, and there are a lot of tickets available for this game, which surprised me. Uh, I looked this morning, there were some tickets like as cheap as $35 for a Saints game, which is was like a preseason price, um, and I mean, those are upper-level seats, but you can get on the lower level for 100 bucks, which is unheard of, and I don't know if that's the I assume it's probably the pandemic and, you know, the protocols with people having to be vaccinated and Things like that. Some people just aren't comfortable going to to a crowd right now. But uh, so I don't know if we're gonna get seventy thousand like we were thinking. I think it's gonna be a you know sixty thousand people maybe in this game. But so the home it'll, it'll still be loud. So that'll be enough to you know maybe get these guys the energy they've been talking about.
0: Maybe too. Again, you you talking about a, still in the middle of a pandemic and and, and then you know Hurricane Ida. Right. I'm, I'm still. I'm sure there's still lingering effects from from that as well. Right. Rock, talk about uh, the major injuries. You, you, you talked about McCoy, and then Boy Armstead again with an injury. What is the timetable for them re- returning? Or, or, or what's the latest on, on those two and, and any other injuries with the you know,
6: Teron's injury was such a freak injury, man. He was just trying to block, and Tony Jones running back like basically like hit the back of his elbow and all of a sudden he's out and just one of those freak injuries you know Teron just hadn't been able to catch breaks when it comes to injuries I don't he hadn't played a full 16 games since he's been in the league he's always a little something and and that doesn't that doesn't mean he's soft or anything like that I mean he just you know sometimes guys just have bad luck and that's kind of been the case for him but you know the Saints haven't put either one of those guys on injury reserve which makes me lead you to believe that you know, they're going to be back soon because once you go on an hour, you got to miss three weeks. So I'd expect them guys to be back soon. And fortunately for the Saints, uh, schedule, like I said, the schedule is favorable for them, I think. They, they play the Giants and Washington, two teams that I think they can beat even without two stars on the offensive line. Then you get to bye week. So, I mean, that's an extra week of rest. And, you know, Sean's kind of hinted that he's expecting some of these injured guys to come back. And he didn't say which ones, but, you know, I'm assuming he's talking maybe Michael Thomas and, Will Lutz and you know those guys. Uh, we didn't talk about Will Lutz, but uh, obviously his absence was it wasn't big last week, but you know, Algier Rosehouse did miss two field goals, which didn't matter last week, but there are going to be some games when that's going to matter. So, um, hopefully, you know, Will Lutz can come back soon
0: too. What is the game plan if you know, Coach Payton and the organization? What if it, what, what's the game plan, uh, for? the New York Giants uh tomorrow for the Saints. What would you think it look like for them to be successful?
6: Uh, I think I think the main thing is I don't think the Giants are going to be able to do much offensively. I mean they got two receivers that are that have been ruled out for the game, Darius Slayton and uh, Sterling Shepard. Neither one of those two guys are playing and uh so I think the Saints are just gonna, you know, key on stopping Saquon Barkley and stopping just just stopping their their run game if they can do that. I think this game. I think they can dominate this game if they can do that, and I don't see the Giants moving the ball on them. I mean, the only way the Saints can lose this game is if they turn the ball over and setting the Giants up in really good territory. And you know, other than that, I mean, I I don't. And I think the Saints will be able to. I think they'll be able to move the ball on the Giants, and I I do think we'll see Jameis throw a little bit more this this game. I just think the Saints will be able to. I think they'll be able to be a little bit more balanced this week. So, uh, which will be you know, it'd be good to see. So, you like to see the running game and Jameis all kind of clicking on the same day.
0: I can see that. I was trying to remember the last time I talked with you. Kind of talked about some 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 records. Can you remember <laughs> what was your prediction uh, for the Saints' overall uh, record, win losses, and why I'm bringing that up? Do you still want to stick to that, or you you have a, a chance to revise that pre- prediction? I think I had them. It was either ten and seven or nine
6: and eight. Man, I don't even. Need... it was nine and eight? I think. Huh. I think it may be nine and eight. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Maybe ten and seven. But I think nine and eight. But man, to be honest, like I still don't really. I just don't know who we know enough of yet. But um, I do think the fact that this team is going to eventually get all these players back healthy. I think I do lean more towards the, the you know ten and seven now. I just think I feel a little bit better about. What they can do once they get some guys back in place, I'm curious to see how Michael Thomas comes back and his chemistry with with Jameis. Because uh, I mean, we just haven't seen them two together. So if Mike can come back and open up the offense, and you're able to get that passing game going a little bit more, you know that obviously does well for his team. The defense, the defense is good enough where I think you know that's going to always keep you in games. It's just going to be a matter of those games when hey, we got to score some points here.
0: Well. I I got a listener, you know, has a question for you, Rod, and it's an interesting one. Ask Rod, do you think the Saints will get a new stadium down the road? (laughs) Uh,
6: I don't know how, I don't know what he's calling down the road, but I don't think so anytime soon. They put so much money into these renovations for the Superdome. I mean, it's it's an ongoing project that's not even complete yet. And, you know, I mean, they're not going to put all that money into it and then. You know, build something else. Um, I think the Pelicans probably have a better chance of getting something new than, than the Saints do. I just, again, they, they just put too much money into this renovation project that's currently ongoing. They just have the little sweet level seats on the, that are on the, like right behind the end zone, which Alvin Kamara says he plans to jump in those seats if he scores a touchdown tomorrow. <laughs> so, um, <laughs> so yeah, I mean, they just, they've done too much renovating right now to, for the anytime soon for a new stadium to be built.
0: Last question for you, Ron. This, this comes from me. Carolina Panthers. Should I be impressed? Are they for real, or is it still too early to have that discussion on the Carolina Panthers?
6: I think they are. They're much improved. The defense is really good. If McCaffrey's playing, they can be really good. But um, I do think they lose. They play the Cowboys tomorrow. I think Dallas is probably going to hand it to them <laughs> tomorrow. So, uh, but I do think they're, they're I mean, they're legit. They, they're going to be one of those teams that are going to be, you know, on the friends of the playoffs, eight and eight. I'm not, well, I guess you got to say nine and eight now, uh, nine and eight, you know, they are going to be right around 500, I would think. Um, I mean, their schedule, they did beat the Saints, but outside of that, I mean, they beat the Jets and who else did they play? Did they play? I can't remember who the other game was against, but, um, yeah, I don't know if I don't know how good they are. If they are much improved, they're not gonna be a team that you know, the Saints have dominated them. They have won like, you know, a bunch of games in a row against Carolina, other than that meaningless game at the end of that eighteen season or whatever it was. So yeah, I don't think they're gonna be a pushover anymore at all. I
0: had a had a nightmare the other night. <laughs> uh Rod, I had a the, the nightmare was the Saints meet up with Green Bay again. And they kind of remember <laughs> that first game. And then I woke up in a cold sweat. So hopefully <laughs> um, that won't happen. But somehow, somewhere, I think they may have a chance. They may have to see Green Bay again. Whew. Wow. It's a good team yeah. in the
6: NFC, man. I mean, it's going to be, you know, just getting in the playoffs is going to be tough. And once you get in there, every team is, I mean, when you look at, I think Dallas is good. I think Green Bay is good. You look at the NFC West, all those teams are the Rams have been the Rams are probably yeah, the Rams have been the most impressive team in the league so far. So uh some really good teams totally. in, the, in the NFC. Yeah,
0: and Arizona much improved so right, far. Right. It's gonna be interesting. Well, Rod, appreciate the time as always. Uh, and I really appreciate because I know you're busy.
6: Wow, no, I mean, any time. Any time for you, oh, man.
0: Oh, oh, I appreciate that. <laughs> then well, you know, we we'll, if we'll, I'm not on the road, please. you
6: know, I'm not like next weekend I'm going to DC. I'll be flying probably at the time of your show. So, you right. know. I mean, other than that, though, man, I'm I'm always here to try to help you out, man.
0: <laughs> I appreciate. It. Well, well, let's plan on talking in in, in two weeks. it will be an open date, right? And yeah. And we'll yeah. have a, we'll have a chance to look at uh, two games by then. Yeah. And um, I may yeah. go to
6: Jackson. Hey, I may be going to Jackson State's homecoming
0: though. <laughs> oh, there you go, bro. See, I, I I knew that was coming. Well, I tell you, I love my Jackson State and Allcorn fans. They don't give me a minute. <laughs> this rest. If they're able to poke me, they'll, they'll, they'll poke me, but come on, Jaguars. Let's go defense. Jags defense. And a lot, a lot of defense. They need a lot of defense, but they have the potential to do it. Rod, right. appreciate it. Enjoy the rest of your weekend, and right. um, good luck tomorrow, man. Appreciate All right, it. you too, man. All thank right, you. thank you. Right. That was Rod Walker to the Times-Picayune and the New Orleans Advocate. I want to thank A.D. Drew want to thank who else? Charles Eppman, Brandon B.J. Jones, Jim Klein, Peter. Uh, we miss Coach Sean Woods. We'll see if we can reschedule him uh, for next week. Everybody who participate and watch, we appreciate it. Like, sister, like, share, and subscribe the Carlos Brown Show and the Black College Sports Network. No one can tell the story like us, the Black College Sports Network, until next time and we'll have an announcement we're the show is moving back an hour we're going to start at 11 a.m central standard time not 10 a.m we'll go 11 to 1 some changes on the black college sports network but until next saturday at 11 a.m central standard time as always peace and god bless